the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. It was just under three weeks ago we celebrated the feast of the presentation of the Blessed Virgin Mary to the Temple in Jerusalem. And tonight we are here to celebrate the feast of her Blessed Conception. And just as in our prior Mass, we must remember the circumstances that led to this conception. So bear with me. We just heard this three weeks ago, but it's good to hear it again. So we see what our Lord wants to show us this evening. Saints Joachim and Anna, the parents of the Blessed Virgin Mary, were so faithful, lived so faithfully before God all their days. And yet, all of their married life, they were, they were barren and unable to conceive a child, again, into their very old age. They struggled with a very understandable longing to be parents, to have a child that they could love, that they could raise together. You might imagine their prayers all during their adulthood in this marriage. Lord, why not us? Why not us? Lord, why is it that we cannot conceive? What is it that's wrong? You can imagine all the things that could be going on within them because, as with any parents, their hearts longed to bear children, to have a child. And as we always remember, they would have also been, by that culture of the time, put under a lot of shame for their barrenness because barrenness in that time was considered there must be something wrong in your life. It must be because of some sin in your life that God has not blessed you with children. And so they would live in the shame. And their suffering would come to a great crescendo on the day that St. Joachim would go to the temple so obedient to God to offer the sacrifice that was called upon for that very feast. And when he gets to the temple, the priest that was receiving the sacrifice denied him his sacrifice because of his barrenness. And this broke him, a man so faithful to God, praying all of his days. So he went into the wilderness and he prayed and he cried out from the depth of his soul that God would give mercy. And St. Anna, she remained at home praying the same. And an angel came and visited them both and gave them the wondrous news that God has heard their prayer and their cry for mercy. And he's granted them now a child and they would conceive and be gifted with, within St. Anna, be gifted with the conception of the mother the vessel who would bring salvation himself into the world. Our focus this evening, and the reason I tell the fullness of that story again, the focus of this evening for us is on their waiting. On their waiting. And I would say on their extraordinarily long waiting. That drastically long period in their life from their marriage to their very old age where they prayed and they prayed seeking from God mercy and seeking relief, that they could be lifted up out of their barrenness. There's much we can learn from St. Joachim and Anna regarding how they lived in that time of waiting. Have you ever gone through a season of your life, a season of suffering, or a season of great perceived needs, and you prayed and you prayed for relief, and it seemed like God was very distant? was not hearing you, that your prayers were bouncing off from the ceiling, that God has just almost in a way turned his back and was not hearing your prayers. If you haven't, you will. And some here may be going through this right now, and I have been through seasons like this in my life. Do you not think that these two, 
St. Joachim and Anna. They had the sense from time to time that God really did turn their back on them, that God had abandoned them to their barrenness. Of course they did. They were only human. We are talking so much of a lifespan of barrenness and suffering and desire to have a child and walking and living in that shame. Of course they felt these things. But here's what we note tonight that's been handed down to us. That Saints Joachim and Anna, they did not give in and cave in to their deceptive emotions. I didn't say they didn't struggle with their deceptive emotions. But they never caved in to those emotions. In the midst of their suffering, in the midst of their shame, in the midst of their great need, we're told that they did the most appropriate and important thing, the absolute best thing possible. They did not change toward God. They stayed the course. They never stopped crying out for mercy in their time of need. And despite what their emotions were communicating to them, they never abandoned the God who could lift them up from all of this. That's how they lived in the silence of God, with their struggle and with their suffering. To this narrative about their faithful prayers, it really is useful for us when we go through these times, whether they're short times in our life or long seasons. You might remember tonight the parable of the persistent woman, or excuse me, the persistent widow in the Gospel of St. Luke in chapter 18. Remember that parable? That there was a judge who were told who Jesus said did not fear God nor give any regard to man. And there was a widow in the city that came to the judge pleading with the judge, do justice for me against my adversary. The judge wouldn't do anything. And for a long time, he didn't do anything. But the woman never let up. This widow kept coming and kept pestering him over and over and over again. And finally, the judge looks and says, though I do not fear God and I have no regard for man, even this widow, because this woman keeps pestering me, I will avenge her lest she keep wearying me. And then Jesus, listen to what Jesus says about that parable after he tells it. He says, Jesus said, how much more than this godless judge will the Lord come to your aid? Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith like this on the earth? Our Lord is looking in our souls to build that faith. Faith is a gift from Him. It begins and it ends with Him. And He's looking to have that faith in us. The faith of the widow, the same faith that Saints Joachim and Anna demonstrated as they kept pleading with God to be elevated out of that lesser condition. My friends, in times of suffering, in times of distress, in times of great need, when God seems silent, I promise you this, He is most active. He is most active. And He is with you, having your best interest in His mind and in His heart. And it is in His silence, if we'll remain faithful and persevere and if we will persist, that God is shaping something in the souls of us all. Notice what I didn't say. <clears throat> that he will answer your prayer in the affirmative. 
but he is shaping your soul when he seems distant as you continue to press into him, crying out for his mercy. He will out-faithful you in the end. Always, always. When God is silent, he is good. When he seems distant, he is holy. And in the silence, he knows precisely that in the silence there is no lack of love over you in him. You see, he knows precisely when and how to grant you what your soul really needs. Or to correct what's in our heart that's bringing out that request to correct it and bring it according to his will. That which we should have been praying all along. In the silence, he is good. When he says yes, he is to be praised. And when he says no, nothing changes. And that's the playground where faith is built in us all the most. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. <coughs>